All right, hour number two out of bounds. William Quaggenbush and Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. This week, uh, let me just give you a couple of suggestions. Uh, my first suggestion is um, download the Wendy's app. If you haven't done that, download the Wendy's app. Uh, if you haven't, uh, you can still get your favorite Wendy's uh, favorites, but... Like, what are you doing? You're costing yourself great rewards, people. Why would you do that? Why would you deprive yourself like this? Uh, There is an in-app offer right now um, that is a Valentine's Day spectacular. That you you basically, I mean, it's just, it's a slew of stuff. You're just going to get stuff off, um, like, all the time. You get a free Dave single right now with a purchase. You can buy one uh, Dave single spicy chicken or classic chicken sandwich and get one free. Um, you get a dollar crispy chicken BLT with the purchase uh, with any purchase, just for today only. This is just a few things that are happening on the Wendy's app. I I, I don't often say this, but I I find that getting rewards on the Wendy's app is like as easy. And, like, redeeming those rewards is easy as in any app, in any realm at all, in my life. Uh, And I love it. Go see your local Wendy's right now and take advantage of the app. Take advantage of the great deals. Um, We're going to talk a lot more Super Bowl. I want to get back to Shanahan versus Reed and those types of things. We're going to talk some hoops as well. Let's go to the phone. 654-ROAR is the number. Gamecock Will joins us next. Will, what's up, man? What's up, Clark and Ben? How y'all two doing? Uh, doing good, man. Great. Hope you're doing well. Uh, watching the rain. Uh, yep. I got a couple of things. Uh, number one, before I get to basketball, I want to say something about this uh, Super Bowl. I thought it was a good game. Uh, I thought the halftime was good, not great. But I thought it was good. Uh, I, and plus, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey being overblown, I think he should be fine. Bumping into Andy Reid and, you know, just all that. I mean, I think that's gone too far. I don't think you should be coached that way, high school, college, or pro. I don't care who it is. I mean, I don't care if he is Dayton Taylor. I mean, he, I think it's overblown. I think he'll be fine for that. How do y'all feel about that part? By, this this would be my question, by who? Who would find him for that? By NFL. Uh, typically something like that. The NFL's not going to do it. Now, I would not be surprised if the team does, but we're not ever going to hear about it. Um, okay, well, I mean, I just want to get your opinion. But yeah. I yeah. think it should be fine or something. Well, here's my thing. I I think, first of all, it looks really bad. There's a lot of things on sidelines that look bad that we find out later probably aren't, or, you know, there's no telling what. Here's what I mean by that. Are we finding him because of what he did, or are we finding him because a lot of people saw it? You know, like yeah. there's a lot worse or a lot of similar things that are said behind closed doors that aren't discipline or that we don't know about. And I will admit, it was not a good look. I thought it was childish, sort of. And it, it's, I mean, a lot of parents are posting on social media like this is not a good look for kids or whatever. Like I, I understand that, like from a role model, uh, from a role model standpoint. But I just. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on that that is okay or permissible in a locker room that would not be okay walking down the street or in an office job. I mean, it's just like, you just got to show respect to your coaches. You're That's right. All I'm saying. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And, I, agree, and uh, I, I do. I agree. I think, I mean, he went too far. and it's a, Whether I saw it or not, he, he went could, too far. Um, he could, and he, and he probably feels that way too today. I mean, he could have went up to him and just talked to him and said, hey, I want you know do something, but he didn't have to bump into him like that. But as far as basketball, <clears throat> Mr. Ben, this is mostly for you. If anybody knows, you know, the South Carolina cracks top ten yet. I know the Pope's come out today, don't they? Well, they came out two minutes ago, and South Carolina in the AP is number 11 right now. Number 11, aren't you? Well, we're close, man. Yeah, and that's – I mean, I know a lot of – you can make an argument for all the teams. The top ten kind of makes sense. So, uh, that's that's very good right there. All right, I got a question. One more question for y'all. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened, but 
you know, Dawn's still undefeated. She's beat the best. I mean, she's beat Nordane, she's beat LSU, she beat Yukon's and all this stuff. And then Lamar Paris was picked last before the season started. There's any way you know what he's done? He's done won 21 games so far. First tie for first place in the SEC. Should both Lamont Paris and Don Staley should be National Coach of the Year? For what um, they've done. I think. Huh. Could that happen in the same year? It could happen. It I, could. Mean, I mean, they, they both would certainly be in the running for that as of right now. I sure. don't know who. I, I mean, I, like, personally. I think Wes Moore has done a phenomenal job at NC State with a lesser roster. Um, and I know that, like, Dawn put the roster together, and we should, we tend to ding coaches who have great rosters, and we elevate coaches that don't. Um, she probably is the national coach of the year. My, and if I had to vote, I'd probably vote her one and Wes Moore uh, two, and then I don't even know who would be three at this point. Um, and then uh, on the men's side, I think Lamont Paris is the national coach of the year right now. I feel I feel very confident in that one. I'm not sure who's doing a better job at the moment. And 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 like I mean, you say, the fact that he, they were picked to finish last is, uh, and that I would say at a minimum they're picked to finish bottom three by just about everybody in the SEC. I think that makes him a prime candidate, regardless of the job that he's actually doing. If that if that makes sense. Well, I mean, I know if anybody deserves it, he does. I mean, for what he's done. I mean, I'm sure he's probably going to get at least SEC Coach of the Year. But I think he deserves National Coach of the Year for what he's done. I think he's getting a lot of love for that, Will. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Well, y'all have a good day. Thanks, you too. Anthony Grant at Dayton would be a guy, you know, kind of comes to mind as done somebody else done very good. Um. Just, like, off the top of my head, I mean, I think Matt Painter's done a really good job with Purdue. Yeah, if they can get out, if they can get out of the first weekend for a change. <laughs> <laughs> but, n- to me, nobody's doing... And let's, let's be honest about what Coach of the Year is. Coach of the Year is doing more with less or more with a relative amount, you know? Like, you have to be seen as having a relative amount of talent at your disposal and then going above the max of what we thought was possible with it. So it can't just be, uh, if there's an alternative, it can't just be great coach, great roster, great team. It can't just be that. Or great coach, uh, great roster, done something that is hard to do. Seen as a poor roster, maybe a coach that isn't known as a great coach, that's your coach of the year. That's when you. That's why you win Coach of the Year, and in no way am I saying that Lamont Paris is just getting it because he fits the prototype of what we want there. I think he actually is earning it in this case. Both is true. He does fit the prototype. He does fit yes. the mold, but he also earns. He's also earning it right now. Sure. Um, it's funny because South Carolina in in last week. I'm just looking at last week's poll right now. It's funny. South Carolina's 15th, and they're trying to build a statue of Lamont Paris and name Coach of the Year. Kentucky's 17, and they want to fire Calipari so fast and so hard. It's it's amazing the different perspectives from two teams that are on a very similar plane right now. A couple of weeks ago, Quag, I thought Kentucky was in a conversation for best best teams in the nation. They've lost three in a row at home. Ooh, you know what? I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, because they beat, they destroyed Vanderbilt, and I think I filed that away as, well, they destroyed Vanderbilt. But you're right. They lost to Gonzaga on Saturday. They lost to Tennessee, scoring 92 in regulation. They scored 92 and lost. They lost to Florida. Um, And lest we forget, they gave up 96 in a win to Georgia in the home game before that. They have given up in their last four home games. Yeah. 96, 94, 103, and 89, and three of those are regulation games. Listen, most teams go through this stretch. It's just a matter of how much damage gets done. I think Kentucky is in that stretch right now. That is something for South Carolina fans to keep in mind. You haven't really been through a bad stretch, and you know, for your sake, maybe you don't, but odds would say that you're going to. 
and your schedule's your schedule's fairly difficult going forward. Um, doesn't matter today, but you know, just pointing out, Clemson certainly went through a bad stretch. By the way, uh, Texture was asking where if if Clemson's ranked, they would come in at number thirty-one right now, if the polls went that far. So. Getting back go. up there yeah. after a, a really good week. South Carolina plays at Auburn on Wednesday, and I just think the law of averages probably would say, I think I'm, I don't know what the spread would be, but I'm probably going to give Auburn an edge there. Yeah, also I said South Carolina, you know, you, you can understand where the top 10. You can make an argument for South Carolina to be 10th instead of Iowa State. I would agree. I mean, um, Iowa State's losses are, are all to ranked teams. Virginia Tech was not ranked at the beginning of the year when they lost, but all the rest of them are, t- are to teams that were ranked at the time. But still, there's there's five losses on that on that resume. But Ben, don't you know the Big Twelve is a cut above everybody? Right. So now I'm all in the, I'm in the situation elite. where that's how upset, how ticked off I am that the Big Twelve's getting that love <laughs> that I think South Carolina should be there. <laughs> Um, can I ask you a question about Clemson real quick as we sort of bounce around uh, between the Super Bowl and college basketball a little bit? Tigers win 77-68 against Syracuse. And I had this thought in during the game, but I don't think I could properly process it until the game was over. Clemson turned the ball over entirely too much. And I'm not going to argue that they didn't. They turned over 21 times. They turned it over basically 31% of their possessions. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a game where they shot 61%. If you if you cut those in half, you're going to score 100 points in the game. You're going to push 100 points in a regulation game. But I did have the thought, like, that is that is what Syracuse does to you. Is they, we talked about, they, they don't, they don't challenge, contest, force, miss shots. Their percentages are awful defensively. The only redeeming value their defense has is trapping and getting in passing lanes, and over-pursuing, and giving up layups, and giving up open shots, but they're going to turn you over. Is that fair? Is that a fair yeah. characterization of what you watched them do on Saturday on the floor? Okay, so here, there's there's a give and take here. The take for South Carolina, I mean for uh, Syracuse rather, is that is it is it would this be the give or the take? You tell me. Hmm. They're their big guy, uh, really anybody that can play the post, is either not there or injured. You knew, we told you they were going to dominate on the boards. Clemson would. Plus 17. Yeah, 41 to 24 in the rebounding category. The flip side of that is that Syracuse puts a smaller, quicker team on the floor, which is prone to forcing you to turn the ball over. I think that some of those turnovers is just the way Syracuse plays. There were some bad turnovers by Clemson, though. I mean, the very first possession of the game was just a bad turnover. You spotted them two points out of the gate. Um, so you, you've you got to be aware of that. Your passes have to be a little crisper. I noticed that at the end of the Duke game, too. You know, when you know that the, your opponent's turning the heat up a little bit you can't you you can't leave any pass to chance you got to have a little more steam on the pass uh you got to be a little more careful and clemson just was not and i mean the turnovers were they were not good (laughs) they were not good in the turnover category what saved you though is they blocked a couple of shots on the turnover which meant in the first half uh, Clemson had 11 turnovers, but that only led to four points off of turnovers for Syracuse, which is – that's tough. Like, out of out of those 11 possessions, you only gave up four points. That's a, a statistical anomaly there. And for the game, uh, 21 turnovers, you gave up 15 points. So, it, it started bouncing out a little more in the second half. So, I – some of that is what Syracuse does to teams. Some of that was also Clemson just being a little careless with the ball. Uh, yeah, agreed. And mainly our big guys, man. You know, we, we... Shefflin and Hall combined for more turnovers than Syracuse had 
as a team. Yeah, and some of that was just trying too much. You know, trying the difficult pass instead of making the, the simple pass. Um, those are things, though, that show up on film and can be corrected. And one thing I, can, I will tell you about, like Hall and Shefflin for, in particular, is they're very coachable. They want to be coached in areas like that. So, uh, 21 turnovers, not good. Is it the end of the world or is that an anomaly? I, I, I tend to think it's more the anomaly and how that happened. Clemson is fourth in the conference in league games in turnover rate. So it's not something we've seen be a big prime. You can look at raw numbers too. I mean, the Virginia-North Carolina game, what, they combined for 10? So it's not something that's popped up. And like North Carolina will turn you, and Virginia doesn't as much, but North Carolina will turn you over, and Clemson was able to do it there. I I also just tell you, um, while Syracuse is not a great team, they do have some individual <laughs> solid talent. Judah Mintz is a freaking baller. I mean, he I don't know how else to put it. That that kid is just a great basketball player. I like uh I like Starling, and I like Copeland off the bench. He's one of the best bench players in the league. Yes, he is. Um, that's a good that's a good core right there. I'll tell you who I didn't like is Chris Bell. I know he hit four threes, but I feel like that guy almost airballed eighty percent of his shots. It was almost an he barely hit the rim like eighty percent of the time, and I thought they were horrible decisions on when to shoot too. I won't tell you who it is, but one of their bench players that had very, very few minutes. Speaking of air balls, Quark, he is in in warm up in the warm up line, shooting elbow jumpers and missing everything by two and a half feet. And that, shut up! I am not exaggerating. By two and a half feet, I was like, "Oh my God, you're the first Division One player I've seen that I think I can shoot better than." Oh. <laughs> and that's saying something. No. Ooh, that makes my heart hurt. I want to talk more about that environment and, and the game, if we can, after we'll the do break. That. We'll do that. 654 is the number. On the phones, on the Adams Covering Text Line, hour or two of the program continues right after this. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from on-running, vans, UFOs, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! Don't let turnovers stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. 
Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. Wake up. Breakfast. And nature-made vitamins. Whatever your morning sounds like, nature-made fits right in. Whether you're looking for vitamin C or a multivitamin to get key nutrients, we've got you covered. Now that's a good morning. We take care of you so you can take on your day. Start your day with NatureMade, the number one pharmacist-recommended vitamin and supplement brand. Based on a survey of pharmacists who recommend branded vitamins and supplements. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. I'm Lance Crick. After 20-plus years as a federal prosecutor with the U.S. Attorney's Office in South Carolina and several years as a state prosecutor, I joined Ryan Beasley Law last year to practice law with Ryan and Mary Hunter. Our team works in courtrooms across the state, including city and magistrate courts, as well as state and federal courts. We work with clients in all areas of state and federal criminal defense to include pre-arrest investigations, white-collar defense, as well as student conduct issues at colleges and universities. Our responsive and proactive approach in cases is at all times client-centric and resolution-focused. We look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Please give us a call at 864-679-7777 or find us online at ryanbeasleylaw.com. In every case, for every client, in courtrooms across the state, Ryan Beasley Law, ryanbeasleylaw.com. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Here at The Roar, every day is game day. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. You know, uh, just thinking about music, one thing that Will just snuck in, he just like snuck it into his whole like cultural commentary there during his phone call. He said that the halftime show was okay. Ben, did you have thoughts about Usher and the halftime show? Uh, I did. I, again, I said this last week, halftime show not necessarily for me. But, although I, I... I was an Usher fan back in the 90s. Okay. Um, I mean, he's a take-it-or-leave-it guy for me. But sure. I appreciated the fact that they weren't lip-syncing. Something as difficult as... As difficult aerobic activity as he and Alicia Keys were doing, they weren't lip-syncing. I, I appreciated that. It was... Um, so, I mean, that that was probably the thing that struck me the most. Also best roller skater in the history of super bowl shows oh man <laughs> i was like oh there's so many people roller skating around usher oh no he's wearing them too that that was kind of what i did inside also side note on that how did he get those suckers on and off so fast because i mean it took me like 30 minutes as a kid i miss couple skate every time putting my skates yeah. on give that you know? guy a raise whoever did that give that guy a raise um you know, my favorite thing about it is that Usher was very good. And he, it was, it's frustrating that sometimes they don't linger on songs as long, but he hit a bunch of good songs and I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody he brought on with him, he allowed to do one of their songs, a little snippet of one of their songs before 
doing the song they did with Usher, including Ludacris and Lil John. Look, you know how I feel about Lil John. Just yeah, I was a little upset he didn't sing yeah. the Christmas song, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know that that's not going to go down as that's not going to go down as like you know top five of all time or anything like that. But it was good. It it was fine. It's what it was you fine. you know you talk about the aerobics of it. I actually. I think the Super Bowl halftime show is becoming a thing where it's so hard aerobically to do all the stuff that you gotta like capture everybody's attention. You gotta have four sets and you gotta do this over here and then go to this over here. That we're almost in a lip syncing era. And I was actually glad that Alicia Keys' first note was kinda eh. Like I right. I take somebody Alicia Keys other than Alicia Keys' first note, everything was great. I thought everything yes. went great. But it's the risk you take in doing that that makes it special for me. Like that was that was a really good halftime because it required a lot. It required a lot of him and of them to pull it off, and I thought they did a good job. Whoever I just hung up on, please call back. It was oh. an accident. <laughs> a lot of buttons over here. Um, you you said anything else on the half? I just wanted to briefly mention that that I I really enjoyed it. I think that is an accurate way to describe the halftime show. It was okay. It was okay. It was a good... It wasn't, I mean, wasn't terrible. Wasn't, I, wasn't one of the best. It was okay. I'm not sure that they left anything on the table. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't left wanting. I wasn't like, they could have done this better. Or that. It's just like, it's Usher. So you have an expectation of what an Usher halftime show is supposed to look like. I felt they fulfilled that. Mm-hmm. If not exceeded what you probably reasonably thought would, would bring it out, Alicia Keys and Ludacris, and, and let's be honest... Usher's best song, th- th- his most lasting work, is, in fact, yeah, because white people keep playing it at their weddings. I've, yeah. never, I've never been to a wedding in, since 2007 or 6 or 5 or whenever that song came out where it didn't come out. And, like, everyone knows. If you don't know the—listen, if you don't know the ludicrous verse by heart to yeah, mm-hmm. come to a wedding with me, I will teach you. You know— if you're ever on, say, Lake Hartwell and late in the afternoon you hear that blaring over in a cove somewhere, chances are it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it happens. Oh, man. 654 Roars the number. Mail carrier Keith says, when he took his shirt off, I had no problem because that dude was working and sweating. Yes. Agreed. I did wonder. I was like, are we... They they actually lean into no one has ever heard Confessions Part One, and like if you're an Usher fan, you know what I'm talking about. Confessions Part Two is the song people know. No one has ever heard Confessions Part One. I couldn't I couldn't tell you a single thing about Confessions Part One because Confessions Part Two is actually just Confessions. That's just what we. That's just that's just what it is. Uh, texture from the eight six four says this. Saw a tweet that said, yeah, is like the millennial sleeper cell activation notes. <laughs> That's now, funny. Now, that is good and accurate, I would say. <laughs> you know, I have, I do have some friends so that are funny. about uh, 15 years younger than me. And when that song comes on, they do come to life. I will I will give you that. Yes. Um, can I tell you, my mom in the family text, like, it was a, it was generally a really good vibe, but my mom was like, who's that? Who's that with him? Who's that? Had no idea who anybody was. I was very impressed. I knew Jermaine Dupree right off. Got that one. Y'all know what this is. Uh, and then as everybody else came on, like, I just started texting mom. Lil John, Ludacris. And then at the end, she was like, okay, that was good. But she she literally didn't know any. She probably knew Alicia Keys. She just couldn't, like, pick out, like, who, what's her name? But, yeah, she didn't she didn't have a clue um, and still enjoyed it. I appreciate that. Uh, before we get back to basketball, let's go to John, who's up with us next on the phone. 654 Roars, the number. What's up, John? Well, I was just wondering, my question, what do you think about San Francisco's decision after the coin flip? The overtime coin flip. Um, I thought it was fine. I'm not as outraged by it as everybody else because it's literally the first time anybody's had to make that decision. Um, and I like the way Kyle Shanahan brought it up and the way he explained it. I'm okay with the choice. I understand people who feel differently. Where do you fall on it, John? 
Well, if you remember, uh, Kansas City had to, you know, when they got the, after the score, they got the ball. They were in a fourth down situation in their own territory, somewhere around the 30, I believe. And they had to go for it, but they knew they had to go for it. If they didn't know, would they have punted that ball? Um, it's a fair question. I think they probably would have punted the way their defense was playing, although they were starting to get a little bit tired too. John, it's a good question. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. I mean, we can play. The, I don't know if there's a right or wrong here. I'm I'm kind of with you, Quack. I it's easy to get accustomed to the college rule where you always defer. I mean, you always defer in college. Right. And so I, I went into it with that with that thought. But then as the game played out, I don't it didn't really matter. Here's the other thing to consider. Maybe Kansas City, if you do defer, Kansas City scores right out of the gate because the 49ers defense was gassed because they were just on the field at the end of regulation. So there's you know, you don't know how it would have played out. It didn't out. It didn't seem to change the outcome of the game. This is the part that I think is more than the decision. Okay, more than what they did because, like, I can, I can totally see a couple things here. I saw the people on Twitter last night that were going, "If you go second, and the, the first team scores a touchdown, then you can go for two and win the game. Um, but if you go first and the two teams match, then it's sudden death and you get the ball first. So I understand, like, it, it you, you kind of have, it, it's whatever you want to make of it. You kind of have advantages both ways. If you, if you defer in the new rules, which are both teams get a possession in the playoffs regardless, there's no sudden death to start. Both teams get a possession regardless if it's a touchdown or a field goal, which is different, obviously, from regular season NFL. And they play it out like a whole quarter. Like, it's not 10 minutes, it's 15 minutes, so you get a little bit extra time. And then if both teams score the same amount on their first possession, then it becomes sudden death. So in that instance, wouldn't you want the ball first? There are people that say, well, if you play it in two possessions, you want the ball second so you know what to do. I understand both sides of it. Here's the part that I have a problem with. This is from The Ringer. This, again, is, is something that's been shared. This is Lindsey Jones uh, from The Ringer. And the title is, Did the 49ers' decision to receive in overtime cost them the Super Bowl? I'm not sure if it did or it didn't. But here's what I know. That the Chiefs were more prepared for overtime than the 49ers were. This is what it reads. The Chiefs' overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped, and it wasn't by accident. Now, again, the Chiefs lost the toss. Kansas City safety Justin Reed told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris Jones told me players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went to overtime. This is what Jones said. Quote, we talked, this, uh, we talked through this for two weeks, how we was going to give the ball to the opponent. If they scored, we was going for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. Close quote. They had done they had done a dress rehearsal of what they were going to do in overtime if they were first or if they were second. They knew exactly what they were going to do. The 49ers did not do the same. Multiple San Francisco players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Fullback Kyle Jusick said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive and they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. Quote, I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy. He said. So they were all as surprised by the rule as some of us? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I, I will tell you, I'll admit this to you. When they got to, when the, the uh, KC's there on the final drive in overtime, I'm one of the guys Tony Romo, Romo was talking to when he said, a lot of people are freaking out at the clock right now because I'm screaming at the television, call timeout. 
You just let 20 seconds run off. I'm thinking that overtime end, ended right then. I didn't realize it was a, it was a quarter. Right. So it and it will go to a I think they have to score. I think they have to score by the end of the quarter. I'm a little honestly I'm a little confused about I what think, would happen there. I don't think so. Okay. I don't so think we just so. move on to a second it just quarter. Just moves on to second quarter. Okay. That that seems to be what Tony Romo is telling America. Um, yeah, now take that with a grain of salt, okay? <laughs> so that that's what I would tell you is that I don't I don't necessarily think that San Francisco's decision to take the ball was wrong because guess what? If Kansas City kicks a field goal, there's one team that has a chance to win the game, and it's San Francisco because you took the ball first because of the rules. So I am, I am going to say I'm ambivalent. Whatever, as you said, Ben, whatever serves the moment your team is in at the time, I feel like there's a rationale for you to do it. My issue comes from this, that Kyle Shanahan appeared to know, he said in the, in the postgame, he appeared to know what they wanted to do, the analytics behind it, they had some reasoning behind it, and he said that. We felt confident in our decision, we talked to our people. But he did not communicate it to the players. The players were, in, in a sense, flying blind in the new overtime rules. And Kansas City's players were not. They fully knew. It's kind of like, um, as, a, as a parent, a lot of times we say, because we said so. Like, I think it's better for people to understand when there's a good reason. If you can explain something to me, I'm more likely to say okay than if you don't. That's not to say I'm owed an explanation all the time, but it just helps. It helps you understand the fullness of what you're doing. And Kansas City's players were executing with full knowledge of what they were doing and why, and San Francisco's were like, oh, oh, this is neat. That's the part where I say San Francisco erred. It's not communicating to the players who are going to be responsible for winning and losing why they were doing what they were doing and having practiced that. I can't imagine... You've got two weeks to prepare for Super Bowl. I can't imagine not preparing for a different set of rules. I just don't really understand that. 654-ROAR is the number if you'd like to join us. 654-7627. Hour two of the program continues. We're talking hoops. We're talking Super Bowl right after this. Call the plumber whose name is his number one. Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber will be there in an hour, or they'll discount your bill. In one hour? Yeah. Just dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. That's their name. That's their number. Call the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber. At Carter Color Company in Clemson, you can get the Benjamin Moore paint that you need to finish any project that you're working on. If it's interior paint you're looking for, we have a great selection of colors and finishes that will complement any room in your home or business. Our Element Guard exterior paint provides protection against wind-driven rain, excessive humidity, and other harsh weather conditions, and with three finishes to choose from. Your home will stand out among the rest. Come see us at 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson, or the web at cartercolor.com. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. Looking for a job with a company that's focused on family? Glen Raven's Anderson Plant, maker of high-quality Sunbrella products, is hiring now. As a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family, you'll enjoy premium benefits, including a pension program and much more. You'll qualify for a $1,500 sign-on bonus, and once you're hired, if you refer someone who gets hired, you'll get a $2,000 referral bonus, too. If you're experienced or willing to be trained, apply today at join.sumbrella.com. Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente. And you get unlimited 5G data, $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan, at an amazing price, with no contracts. Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely. 
Uh, I mean... Totalmente. Find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I've thought about it many years. And then I did it. Drop big pounds and never look back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start PhD. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call PhD because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. Coach Dabo Sweeney here from the Clemson Tigers. Just like high schools across the upstate, Clemson fans love football. But one thing I love more than football is my family. That's why we talk to our three children about alcohol and other drugs. Alcohol is the leading cause of death among youth. But the truth is, most upstate youth aren't drinking or using drugs. Remind your teenagers that most teens choose to be healthy and drug-free. Talk to your teens about drugs and alcohol. They will listen. For more information, go to phoenixcenter.org. Baseball season's almost here, and we have you covered from now until opening day. Hitting is not about muscle. It's simple physics. Calculate the velocity V in relation to the trajectory T, in which G, gravity, of course, remains a constant. We are the roar. Hour two continues out of bounds. William Quagabush, Ben Milstead. The conversations we have during the break. I oh, uh, there's they're great. My brain is gonna linger on that for I'm I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna be thinking about that for the next hour fifteen. Just know that. That was funny. I'm I'll be thinking about that. Uh this hour is brought to you by friends at Samuel Property Group. Did you know that with the uh SPG right now? That they have a referral program. So, like, if you're um, if you're trying to move a family member into assisted living, or you've got a friend with a property that's been wrapped up in probate court, um, if there's a home that you're responsible for that needs sprucing up, and you're just trying to to get it in some better hands, uh, same property group can do all that for you. They can put cash in your hand. And here's the deal: if you make a referral. That turns into a deal with Samuel Property Group, they're going to give you $1,000. I mean, that's free money, folks. You Again, if if you know somebody doing any of these things, struggling to sell an outdated home for a family member moving into assisted living or you got a probate court situation, any of these things, like if, if you affirm to SPG and it turns out to be business, you get $1,000. SamuelPropertyGroup.com. More information on it. Go see Brady Brandon and his great team. Great work that they do at SamuelPropertyGroup.com. Let's go to Delvin, who's up with us next on the phone. 654-ROAR is the number. What's up, Delvin? What's up, Carl? If you're wrong, if, they were, if, just, if Usher brought Justin Bieber, I'll be tomorrow with a new him. Uh, Usher and Justin Bieber? Yeah, there were rumors that that, that Bieber was going to perform as well. Uh huh. You know what? I maybe that's the thing they were missing. I said it, that, that they hit everything. Maybe a little, maybe a little Bieber time. Maybe maybe they uh, maybe they were missing that little element there. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you when Celtics got off the game when Moody missed the extra point because if they would got the touchdown and they made the extra point and keep the field goal at the end of the game, still going for the field goal. Kansas City had to go for the touchdown. I said, that's when they lost the game. I know what he missed the extra point. He'd been having problems with extra point in the field goals in the playoffs anyway. I said, when he missed the extra point, I said, uh-oh. Right there. Oh, that was huge. It was, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. because if they were to get a field goal, they would have made it 20-13 instead of tiling it 16-16. Well, it was fourth down. It was, well, it was like fourth down and six. It was like the 10-yard line. They would have to go for the touchdown to tie it up instead of going for the field goal to win it. Yeah, and – I like I said I would have kicked that field goal because of the way their defense had played. Now I know their offense uh, had struggled to get in scoring range for about a quarter there, um, but I I would have kicked the field goal, made it thirteen thirteen. 
once they scored and made it 16-13, that extra point would have been huge because, again, their defense had been playing very well. And, um, you know, couple that with, I mean, we're talking about game of inches here. The Butker 50, was it, 57-yarder that could have been blocked by two people, but it just snuck between the two hands. I mean, he found just like the, it was like a three-foot gap there, and he was able to sneak the ball through. Game of inches, man. Game of inches. Yeah. And you're right. That was a huge, I, several Texans have brought that up too. Huge play in the game that blocked extra point that allowed Kansas City just an extra little avenue to be able to tie the game and then eventually to win it in the overtime. Yeah. And, guys, do you believe, Judge Royal, when he said that going back to Syracuse, he said it was just a normal game with him? I don't believe that. I think it was a, I think it was a big game for him. He said it was just a normal game for him to go out there and play Saturday. I can't imagine that's true, Delvin. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very yeah. much. I can't imagine it was. I can't imagine it was just normal for him. We're bouncing around a lot today. We but, are, but, but there's two two big stories going on. Uh, so let's talk about that for a minute. I do know that that Joe had 25 family members and friends there, uh, and a lot of folks that I saw I saw a couple of guys at church yesterday that were asking me about that environment Saturday for Joe. Uh, I, I don't know if Clemson fans fully understand what he was to their program. Um, am I – is it a stretch? In, in terms of fan popularity, Quark, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's sort of like a Trevor Lawrence type or Hunter Renfro type for Clemson fans. Like That's, that's what he kind of means to them. Um, he's the latest in a long line of guys that sort of play like that and look like that. That were mm-hmm. point guard, that Steven Dorsey, and he's a New York guy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he just. I remember when they recruited him; they were very excited about that because they were basically talking about him as the next. Insert the name of all those guys that played in the Bayheim era. Right, and you know he was a a three star, but he was a three star because of his height. He. Sixth all-time leading scorer in high school basketball history. Yes. Okay, I mean, like, he was a big deal. Anyway, uh, so he had a lot of family there. I thought the Syracuse fans did exactly the right thing. They they cheered him before the game and after the game and booed the heck out of him every time he touched the ball (laughs) during the game. And I would not have wanted it any other way. Uh, When he was introduced in the starting lineup, there was a, a mixture of both. I noticed a front row patron across the court from me, a husband and wife. I, I actually remember them sitting that, sitting there before, so they're season ticket holders. They stood up and cheered every time he scored, but everybody else booed every time he touched the basketball. Um, he did not force shots and then hits his knocks down his first two threes, first two shots that he takes. Uh, really big in helping him settle into that game. He played. A, he played a good game. He played a really good game, and I'm just telling you that could have been a distraction. And he's old enough, mature enough that he didn't allow it to become a distraction. But that was a make no mistake. That was a storyline of that game. And then afterwards, he did TV, and then I don't know that he ever went to the locker room before. In fact, I know that he didn't. He stayed out on the on the court. The rest of the team had already done their locker room stuff and and had come back out before he had ever left. He couldn't get off the court. Like people taking pictures and stuff with him. Um it was it was a big deal. And then to, to get your 2000th career point after you played there for 4 years and it just happens to have, be on the afternoon that you're back with your new team. I thought that was that was pretty special. It was you felt great for him. Yeah. Because you you always sort of play in your mind how that's going to go. And like you said before, I mean, it's not like Joe left Syracuse on bad terms either way. Mm-hmm. It was a coaching transition and he was I think uh, somebody asked Brad Brownell about it in his post game and he sort of waxed poetic on it. But I mean, he he left not because he couldn't wait to leave Syracuse. He left because he felt like a lot was changing and he wanted to try something else. Mm-hmm. And 
so there was there's lots of mutual respect. It's not like there's been respect loss between the two sides. Which ultimately, if you're looking for guys in the portal, you're only going to go so far if you just bring in a bunch of malcontents who, you know, the the place that you left is saying, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I mean, you're, you know, some of those guys just weren't good. They, they're going to flourish somewhere else. Well, and you had a coaching change, you know, I mean, exactly. like if, if Bayheim would have stayed, I think Joe probably would have, but at the same time, by all indications, he loves it in Clemson. And he's, he is, he's, he's very much a part of this team. And even though he's only been here, you know, less than a year, I, I mean, to me, my observation is he's kind of a leader on the team. Now, to Delvin's point, and the leadership piece that you bring up is so is fascinating because that's the word that I, that sort of has been, sort of rattling around in my brain when I think about Joe's performance, because I know if I were in that spot and whatever the. I don't even know what the attendance was. It what it there were there were empty seats, but it was a it was a good crowd. It was a well, solid crowd. Um, I I believe it was twenty one thousand. I do know it was their largest crowd of the year. Twenty three thousand fifty. Okay, is what they said. They had sold twenty. Yeah, you're right. They had sold twenty one thousand tickets. That's a tough place to tell if it's a good crowd or not because there's so many seats available. Right, and you don't know if there are seats that are football seats that they're not actually selling tickets for that you're seeing up there so there were a lot of people there if you're doing a homecoming you're playing in an arena where you played a million times the people love you you've got family in attendance i'm getting my shots up yeah i'm getting my shots up joe gerard played 38 minutes 37 minutes and change in the game took six shots Scored 18 points. Took six shots, made five of them. Yes. He was about as efficient a player as you could be. Four for four from the line. And it's odd because think about what we thought about Joe Girard at Syracuse. And think about what we've said about him at Clemson. He's going to take some bad shots, but he's going to make a bunch. And he can shoot you out of a game, but more likely he's going to shoot you into a chance Mm -hmm. to win. We've been saying that about him since since before he got here. It did feel to me like Clemson ran more action to get him open shots later in the game. Uh, that a lot of high ball screens, more more than I remember. So that was that was good. Yeah, you could you could do that uh, against Syracuse too. But you know you you didn't have to worry too much about your bigs coming up high in playing a team like Syracuse. Um, well, and they wanted to throw it in. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's another thing. He didn't force a bunch of shots because the game plan was, we're going to throw it in, attack the rim, because that's where we have the biggest advantage. Mm-hmm. That made sense. Um, you know, Gerard was, was outstanding. I thought it was one of the better games that Chase Hunter's played in quite some time. Um, set 14 points, 7 assists. Did not attempt a three, and you know, if we're being honest, that's part might be part of the reason that it felt like he had such a good game. He was doing the things that he does well, driving to the basket, hitting the mid range, and he wasn't attempting a bunch of threes. And as a result, he still gets fourteen points, uh, seven assists, which was also good. As much as he handled the ball, only two turnovers. Uh, you know, Joe Joe handled the ball a good bit in this game too two turnovers for him uh as well um i had a lot of questions about beetle why we didn't see beetle i don't know the answer to that because this is a game i thought we would see the only thing i can point to is because joe and chase played so well well and that's what i sort of was telling people like i didn't think dylan hunter looked out of place in this game and I, i i didn't it wasn't a game where you were going my gosh can can you get some can we get somebody different out there on the floor yeah, it I, was not one of those games. I don't have any knowledge of like Beetle not being available or anything like that. I, I think it's just the way this this game played out, and you were going to have to pry Gerard off the floor, so he he oh, he yeah. wasn't going to want to come off. But Chase and Joe both played thirty seven minutes in the game. You know, and I was really surprised because Josh was one of the guys I thought could potentially have a big game in this one. 
and he never even gets in the game. Uh, Clemson also had a stayed with a pretty short bench in this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, Syracuse had basically nobody. They played 32 bench minutes. 28 came from one guy. They yeah. basically played six players. The only other guard that you played in the game was Dylan. Right. So. And and you could uh, because of the way the game went and because of, I'll tell you this, I mean, I, Jack Clark continues to do things that pro, I, I would say they don't show up in the stat sheet. They do show up in the stat sheet. But you tell me Jack Clark scored five points and played 29 minutes, and a lot of folks would go, oh, man. You can't get some better production than that. My man had 10 rebounds in the game, was a monster defensively. Jack Clark was a big part of this win. Huge. Absolutely huge. It's hard to explain to people. Like, it's almost one of those, you have to watch him. Watch his help defense. Watch his on ball. Watch how he box out. Watch how he uses positioning. His court spacing opens up is so good you can tell i've said this before he understands the game our three is next wccp fm 105.5 clemson greenville anderson waht am 1560 cowpens 97.5 spartanburg we are the roar an ultimate day of relaxation and rejuvenation from Lilia Day Spa in Anderson is the perfect gift for her on Valentine's Day. Year after year, they've been voted Anderson's premier spa, and their staff is ready to treat her mind, body, and spirit in a relaxing and private setting. Choose a sweet treat package or a Be Mine package, a sweetheart or a Cupid's holiday package. Lilia Day Spa can create something special, or a gift certificate is ideal for Valentine's. Anderson's premier day spa, Lilia Day Spa, 116 Benson Street, downtown Anderson. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment is your premier independent local construction equipment rental and sales source. With three locations in the upstate and one in North Georgia, our Takeuchi lineup of track loaders, excavators, and wheel loaders, and full line of attachments are ready to make your jobs easy. So don't settle for less. Choose the best with Bennett and Takeuchi. Proudly supplying equipment in our region for 24 years. When you need equipment in the upstate or North Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett eBay Motors is here for the ride. Go ahead, feel your engine. Admire that perfectly installed exhaust. Your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love. With eBay Motors, you get over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. Share a box or two at your business meeting, at church, or with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at saltyfriesfries.com. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring. But you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers and Anderson and online at ScoresDiamondJewelers.com, and I want to be your jeweler. It's hoop season here at the Roar, and we've got you covered all day long. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. 
Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Two things we've been talking about throughout the show today. One.